The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Marines lost in the jungle and superpowered alien invader of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who never fails to get to the choppa. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I... I'm breathing, so I should say good, right? <laughs> I mean, typically, yeah, that typically seems pretty solid. <laughs> I should, yeah. There's the worst things that could be going on, I suppose. Uh, I also do all, I do always get to the chapel. I just don't always get in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely be talking more about that <laughs> later. But one thing we do need to talk about, I think, very briefly. Number one, Josh, is the weather beautiful where you are? No, it's miserable and cold. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It's in the 70s here. It must be nice. Yeah, we had one day when it was in the 60s, and it's been rainy in 40s for a solid week. Well, that stinks. Oh, yeah. It's awful. <laughs> I actually, yeah. I mean, we're actually recording this Monday night. We usually record on Sunday, but I spent all day Sunday. I power washed my entire house, wow. and then I did a whole bunch of yard work, like did all the garden beds and did all that stuff. And I was just spent, so you were courteous enough to let us record tonight, which I appreciate very, very much. Of course. So, uh, Josh, have you been an employee who was so angry that you decided to spoil a video game for her? <laughs> uh, no, o- o- but only because I have empathy <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that to other people. So here's my question, and obviously we're talking about how The Last of Us 2 spoilers are out there. We're not going to talk about the spoilers at all. I haven't looked at them. I have no plans to look at them. I'm assuming you're in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, I, I could take it or leave it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're, you've never even played the first one, so that's fine. Or finished the first one, I should say. You did try. Uh, so I have no... I, I'm not someone who's going to go seek them out. I also won't be super upset if I see them just because... As I've said many times, spoilers don't bother me as much as they do other people. Like but me. Josh, here's my question, <laughs> and I know that this is probably more of a topic of the show situation, but we're this is kind of like a super special bonus topic before yeah, housekeeping. S S B T. Yeah, that's right. Uh, whose fault is this? Is this the employees, the employee who leaked it, or is this the company's fault for providing such a cruddy work atmosphere? It's the person who leaked it. <laughs> that's no there's not that's not a question <laughs> okay uh it doesn't matter uh, i shouldn't say that there's definitely terrible things that can be done to people mm-hmm. but there are legal ways for repercussions i believe right and this person is totally going to find that out <laughs> just probably not in the way that they were expecting yeah that's very true and it's just really disappointing because if this is your way of getting back at the company I don't know that that's what this accomplishes. No, you're taking it out on the fans. The fa- And the fans are upset with you for leaking it. They're not mad at Naughty Dog. Right. They so were already mad at Naughty Dog three months ago. It's fine. Right. 
and still like even Donnie was made a post and this is not a, an attack on Donnie, but he made a post saying like he thought he, he was like, yeah, this isn't cool. But like he ends his uh, his paragraph by saying, but we have been waiting a while. Like what happened to letting games be finished? Like, yeah, we've been waiting a while. You got to let that be. That doesn't mean that that's like an open door for someone to pop out spoilers. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I have changed my tune on this. I used to be someone who didn't think that posting, reposting information. And honestly, we're even talking about the spoilers probably more than I should right now. But I don't want to talk about, for me, it's not so much about the spoilers. It's the supposed reason the spoilers were released that, that I want to talk about more than anything. But I don't know, I, I guess just reposting them and perpetuating that or even giving them the, hey, if you want to see them go here. I, I used to think that wasn't a big deal. I think I've turned the corner on that. I do think that still probably isn't the best way to handle that. Like, if you want to, I'm not passing judgment, like go to town. But I, that's just something I am choosing no longer to participate in. It's something I used to do and didn't used to think it was a big deal. But Well, it starts It starts with a toxic employee and then it and then it spreads to toxic people on the internet. The people that don't care about the game, but they get the enjoyment out of spoiling it for other people. Right. It's not so like there's different people. Like there's people like you and Donnie who kind of just want the information and decide like if there's other people that want the information, I can share it with them so mm -hmm. they can find it easier. But then right. there's the people who <clears throat> jump into comments, post pictures, post screenshots, mm -hmm. like post links to try to intentionally get people who are trying to avoid it to see right. it. And that's where that's why it spreads like wildfire on on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook because there's this just these groups of people that love to watch the world burn no matter what the context. Right. Now, one thing we're going to talk a, a little about about a little bit later is we're going to talk about the information about Horizon Zero Dawn 2 and, and what that yeah. might mean as one of our actual topics. Do you think from a spoiler perspective, is it different to talk uh, to say, hey, Gorilla is making Horizon Zero Dawn 2? Is that different than saying, here are the story beats of The Last of Us Part 2? Yeah, I think so. I mean, <clears throat> you can make um, your assumptions about either sequels mm -hmm. either being made or or what the plot will be for those. Right. But they're always just assumptions. Finding right. out they're making a Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or a trilogy isn't spoiling the story for you. It's just kind of like telling you something you already assumed could possibly have maybe happened. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, that is kind of the same if you were the type of person to play Last of Us and then maybe try to predict what was going to happen in the sequel. I mm -hmm. think there's like a little bit comparison or crossover right. there on the Venn diagram of that. But I think otherwise, it's just kind of totally different um, for me. Like I like you don't care so much about spoilers for me. That's a really big deal to me. Right. Um in fact, it would turn me off from buying the game, mm -hmm. uh, which is not good for Naughty Dog. <laughs> no, it is not. And and I think that is the big thing of that people like me were still going to buy the game either way, whereas people like you now maybe aren't going to. So it does, you know, at least not right them. away. Like if someone spoiled the story for me, I'll just wait till it's ten dollars or free or whatever the case. Like if someone spoils a movie for me, I don't go see it in the theaters because that's the enjoyment I get out of it is the genuine surprise. Right, for sure. Well, you're going to have it either way. So Yeah, <laughs> right, regardless. It, it, any other game, fill in the blank, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Um, if someone spoiled the sequel to me and I found it, it might make me not buy a PlayStation 5 right away. 
Did I, I might just buy an Xbox. Did I ever tell you about the one time I got kind of annoyed at a spoiler? No. So I was listening to, this was actually when Horizon came out. So light spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn. If you've never played the game, you might want to skip ahead about a minute. I was listening to another podcast and someone offhandedly made the remark. And this was like the day or the week Horizon was coming out. So I had started playing it, but I was only a few hours into it. And I finished that game pretty quick. Was it about where they were? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, and, that was spoiled for me, too, and that really bugged me. And, so, and for some reason, that really bothered me because yeah. then I assumed and they didn't they said it in a nonchalant way where they might have been joking. Yeah. But then I assumed while I was playing the game that like, well, everything. Oh, this must be this. This must be this. And then it was. And I was like, darn it. Like, when, yeah. <laughs> when I did my second playthrough, actually, I noticed a lot more um, things in the world. Uh, right that makes more that made sense and I, that i just wasn't picking up uh, right there's also there's there's two i i think there's maybe a gray area but i think there's two different types of people and i'm use i'll use the movie the sixth sense as an example mm-hmm. there's people who knew relatively early about the big reveal and then there's people like me who had no clue oh. until it happened uh-huh. And I think, and I'm I'm not sure if that's just like keen observation skills or like deductive reasoning or whatever, higher intelligence, right. whatever it is, um, there's people that pick up on things like that. And then they're like, when I watched Knives Out, I was watching it with my coworker and mm-hmm. I, I didn't pick up on some of the plot twists. And he said, I usually pick up on plot twists and I didn't pick up on that. So I feel like. That also weighs heavily on people's how people take in spoilers. Um, and like when you had me watch that documentary, when that had me, you recommended that documentary about oh, I can't even remember what it was about. It was an old documentary, Dear Zachary, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought something different happened, <laughs> and right. I kept waiting for it to happen, yep, while watching it. And I, I still enjoyed the documentary, but it certainly hindered my experience because I kept right. waiting and then I kept trying to rationalize in my head what I thought was going to happen. So spoilers work all different sorts of ways, especially like Donnie said, he saw screenshots earlier of Last of Us and that he just found out today they were fake because he decided to find out what they were. So that also right. ties into potentially Donnie's experience with The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. When you look at something that's like fake, right, and that that also informs makes makes you form an opinion on the game before it's even out. So any any spoiler, I think, is can be bad depending on how you take your spoilers. Yeah. Do you when you watch a movie and you know that it's kind of a mystery or a whodunit or that sort of thing? Yeah. Do you try to figure out what's going on? I don't intentionally try if it like leads me. Mm-hmm. Um, to believe so, you saw Knives Out, right? Oh yeah. Okay, I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, it's how long has it been out? Spoilers for Knives Out for came out in November. Thirty, I think. thirty, uh, sixty seconds. Fast forward. The uh, the blood spot on her shoe. Yeah, I didn't know how that got there. So the whole movie, I kept looking at the kid working with me i'm like is that a red herring like what did she right. do how did this get there and they never explained it so then at the end i just had to come to the conclusion that it was like blood splatter somehow right but that was never explained how it got there right 
So <laughs> here, I'm one of those people who I I don't actively try to not figure it out, but I really just let the movie take me. Like when I'm watching movies, I am there to be entertained yeah. and to really just experience whatever this story is that the director and writers and stuff and stuff are trying to tell me so i don't ever think about the well i wonder what this means or i wonder what that could have meant or i wonder when i'm the first time i watch a movie i'm just sitting down and watching and experiencing it i never try to figure out what the twist is and yeah. i don't know i just kind of enjoy that there are people who definitely want to be outsmart the movie and that's great if that's the way you like to do it i just like to go along for the ride take me on your take me on your adventure let's yeah. do it I'm constantly surprised, and that's what I enjoy. Like, I, I, I do genuinely not try to figure things out, uh, but if it's, like, put in front of me, I, I might, like, I might, like, lean to my wife and be like, I think that person did something. And then, like, we might not, <laughs> we might find out they never did anything, but, like, sometimes, like, my suspicions make me enjoy watching, especially, like, murder mysteries or stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, hey, so it's been a long time since we started this That's podcast. That's a good board done... with everything episode. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> mini board with everything. Uh, housekeeping. I'm just going to fly through it. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Twitter, board with VG. Instagram, board with VG. Uh, we're part of part of Play Some Video Games. Patreon.com slash PSVG. Uh, thanks for supporting us there. We appreciate it. Um, if you want to throw us some money, it's great. We, like I said, we, we do this because of all of you. If not, just recommend our show to someone else who you think would like it. Um, and we're part of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you like... Our stuff about board games, check out the Dice Tower and all the other members of the network. Uh, they're great, and they put out good shows, and we appreciate them a lot. Okay, enough of that <laughs> stuff. Topic of the show. Josh, what is your first topic this week? Hey, well, I, I can also make this go relatively quickly. Uh, however, it is big news disguised as not big news. Uh, so today, luckily, because we did because we did postpone the day, we, we actually were able to get some good news stories out today. Um Full disclosure, we were going to run with the uh, Golden Bell Studios on the People's Court. Um, yeah. Uh, not even related to Unbroken, uh, but their saga continues. If you want to find it, the episode, I believe, is called The Card Shark, and you can look it up on the People's Court mm -hmm. uh, to find out when it's airing. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> Capstone somehow got them to bleep out. I'm sorry, Capstone. <laughs> That's my story. Uh, Golden Bell somehow got them to bleep out the game, name of their student, their company. They oh, really? They bleeped out Kickstarter, and they bleeped out, I believe, um, Golden Bell's owner's name. Um, but wow. if not, it was at least those first two. So somehow they got that <laughs> taken care of. They're they're master manipulators. Then they're also selling like a more stuff for Unbroken. I just got an email about. So I'm sure. Are you going to buy in? No. <laughs> no. Okay. So. Golden Bell behind. Today, we had an announcement from Capstone Games. Uh, they're furthering their partnership with Fearland, Game, Fear, Fearland Spiel, and they announced... Uh, they don't really announce Terra Mystica and Gaia Project, but they announced they will now be publishing in partnership with Fearland... I'm, I know I'm butchering that. Uh, Spiel um, to publish both Terra Mystica and Gaia Project. Uh, not only will they be publishing new English editions of Gaia Project and Terra Mystica, also all of the expansions, um, they're going to begin printing new editions of all titles within the next few weeks. I expect it to be available by holiday of this year. Um, and as they're uh, gearing up with their production cycle, um, oh, sorry, 
that doesn't matter. They're they're adding the logos on the box, so they they'll be different from like your copy of Terra Mystica if you have one. Um, they're also working with Watch It Played, uh, and Rodney Smith, who will now be putting out um, Gaia Project, Terra Mystica, Terra Mystica Fire and Ice, Terra Mystica Merchants of the Seas, and Terra Mystica Mini Expansion One, and I think. That's huge. Huge news for Capstone Games, who's already a very successful studio studio <laughs> company. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts? Are you excited? Is this just kind of like exciting for games and not exciting for you? What do you think? I think this is one of those things that, like you said, I think it's a bigger news than we probably should, than it looks like on the surface, right? Yeah. Capstone is a really has quietly become a really good company as far as the games that they are uh, have published and worked with, uh, and now adding Gaia Project and Terra Mystica to this, working with Rodney to get those Watch It Played videos because there's a lot of people who do watch it, you who do rules tutorials online. Some of them have been doing them for longer than Rodney has. Nobody does it better than Rodney does. Yeah. And that, and for a game like Terra Mystica and Gaia Project, which are so heavy and so crunchy, having someone like that who can make the game see so much more approachable is big. But if you just look at the games that Capstone is involved with, right? Pipeline, Watergate, you know, Pipeline nominated for Strategy Game of the Year, Watergate, two-player Game of the Year, Maracaibo, Game of the Year and Strategy Game of the Year, Irish Gage is a game people really seem to love, you know? They have been really putting together this catalog of just incredible games. And this is just one more feather in their hat. Yeah. Yes. Very exciting. Yeah. And Crystal Palace looks to be their next big hit. Uh, and then they have New York Zoo from Uwe Rosenberg coming out in August. Yeah. And that's huge too. But yeah, Irish Gage was one of the games we played at that um, Learn to Play at PAX mm-hmm. last year. And, and we really enjoyed that. Uh, in fact, we should have bought it, and we didn't, and that was our bad. But, what is this? Ugh, sorry. I want to go to my next story, and it's asking me to add a lot of ads, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to do that. Okay. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you want to do that? Because it makes me go into my settings and do it. <laughs> that is not good. But that's okay. We can talk about it regardless. Kyle, that's my news story. Well, that is a great news story. And listeners, you should be excited about that. Capstone Games, they've been doing some great stuff. My news story, it's not a news story. My first topic is, I guess, kind of a review from the two of us. Uh, Josh, we played Predator Hunting Grounds this weekend. And we played a decent amount of Predator Hunting Grounds. Uh-huh. Uh, for those who are not aware, Predator Hunting Grounds, an uh, asymmetrical Shooter um, developed by Ilphonic, the same people who did Friday the 13th, uh, is available on PS4 and Epic Games Store, the only two places you can get it right now. But it's 4v1, four people are some Marines who you land and you have uh, a certain number of objectives you need to complete. There's a pretty significant number of scenarios you can drop into. There were some I know even after... You know, when, as we were pushing our eight, nine of playing, that were scenarios I hadn't seen before. Granted, we had some duplicates in that time. But, yeah, I, I was surprised at the number of scenarios. But anyway, four Marines drop in. One player is the Predator dropping in. Uh, as the Marines, you can win by either completing all of the objectives, 
getting to the chopper and the extraction and then getting out or by killing the predator. Uh, as the predator, you can win by obviously killing the Marines. And that's pretty much the big <laughs> way that you win the game. Uh, but there's kind of every variation in between that, right? You can have it. So the predator is alive and all four of the Marines are dead. Everyone can die is a thing that can happen. And you can happen. have it. And it did happen. <laughs> you can have it. So maybe, you know, two of the Marines escape, but the predator still takes out two of them. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different things in there. And like I said, we played Friday and Saturday night a good amount of time. Josh, impressions overall, thoughts on uh, Predator Hunting Grounds? Uh, it's great. <laughs> uh, it's not terribly overproduced. It's not necessarily like uh, a big next-gen game uh, right. or current-gen game. It's it's fine as far as that goes. Like, There's still technical issues that occur that I think are easy to overlook because the gameplay is, is so good. And while the gameplay is repetitive, like where the game really shines is <clears throat> with the Predator. Oh, boy. And here comes my son. <laughs> so he's in the room with me. <laughs> this is going to be the best episode of the podcast ever. Get out to you. Yeah, you want to come and talk about Predator? So I'll talk about Predator with him, and then I'll put him to bed, and you can talk about Predator. <laughs> Sounds so, good. Um, I think that the best part of the is you have to if you find a great balance in the Predator, that's the thing that wreaks havoc, right, and causes mm -hmm. stress. Uh, someone who's too good at Predator makes the game not fun, and I don't know if we experience a higher level of Predator or what happened, but there's. Yeah, those are kidding. Uh, there's a there's a great there's we played a lot of great games where the predator was a constant menace and we didn't know where he was mm -hmm. and we couldn't kill him and it was awesome because you're also fighting off NPCs the whole time, right? And you're trying to accomplish objectives so you can get XP, which is what it all comes down to. And <laughs> when it's all said and done. The matches are, you still feel accomplished if you get away on the helicopter or if you kill the predator or um, if you, like, we still haven't defused the, the predator. The helicopter? Yeah, if we get to the helicopter. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, I think a good predator makes the game arguably 10 times better than oh, the game is on its own. Uh huh. You want to get in the helicopter? Yeah. Okay, we're going to go get in the helicopter. Kyle, why don't you tell people what you think about Predator Hunting Grounds? <laughs> that sounds great. So, Predator Hunting Grounds, this is a game that is more fun than it is good. If you look at the Metacritic score for it right now, it is bad. It's a 55%, which in some ways is probably earned. There are a lot of technical issues with this game. Matchmaking right now is an absolute mess. We were lucky that for us for matchmaking, we really never ran into too many issues other than one time when we were playing, we had a 10-minute matchmaking session. And that is ridiculous. Like, no game, especially on launch weekend, should take 10 minutes. And there was a, a warning when you started that said, hey, we are aware that there's some matchmaking issues. But especially because they had so many matchmaking issues with Friday the 13th, it seems pretty egregious that these are still around for this. So that's not good. However... Most of the night, matchmaking took under a minute. So for the most part, we were, maybe we were lucky compared to everyone else. Matchmaking, though, overall good. Still definitely some things that they need to work out. 
But this game, especially playing with friends, is just a really fun loop. You get in, you have your objectives. There's three different maps that they happen on. I'll be honest, the maps look pretty much the same. I don't know that I can really tell them apart. But just the loop of how things go is a good time, and it's a lot of fun. The user experience and the user reviews put it as a 7. And I don't usually put too much thought or a, a lot of credence to user reviews, but to me that seems pretty accurate. That you know the game is more fun than it is good. I do think if you play this alone, you might not have as good of time unless you're purely playing the predator and really developing those skin those skills. I think playing by yourself as one of the marines it might not be a good time, but overall I was pleasantly surprised. I thought this game was going to be bad. I think if you read some reviews, many reviews are going to tell you that it's bad. Uh, and they're pretty right about a lot of the things that they say. I, d I don't know that I can knock them for most of the things that are in reviews, other than to say, when I was playing it with Josh and with Kevin when he was there too, I had a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to play. It was great. There, you know, there are a myriad of issues. When you get customizations, <laughs> they give you customizations for things you haven't unlocked yet, so all of those stupid indicators never leave uh. your screen, and it's just aggravating. Uh, you, I have no idea. I can't like, wait to unlock all the customization classes <laughs> so I can get rid of those freaking notification lights. Right. The uh, the the guns, like they give you different stats, but I don't know that they feel all that different. You can upgrade the guns by getting new scopes and new things. I don't really think it changes anything about how the guns work. There's things the game just never tells you, like the fact that you can camouflage by putting mud on yourself is not a thing ever explained in the game. The fact that once you down a predator, you can shoot off its helmet and try to defuse the bomb <laughs> is self-destruct is not a thing the game ever tells you until unless you look at the trophy list and you're like, oh, I can do that. I, there's a lot of problems. A lot you know of problems. what else is fun? When, when you are trying to clear your notifications and your customization, and let's say I have my shotgun equipped and I have my red dot sight and my extended clip and my purple shader. Uh -huh. And then I change my shotgun to a handgun to uh, clear out the uh, notifications and I yeah. re-equip re my shotgun. It doesn't keep anything that I had equipped. <laughs> it's true. I did not know that for many games. <laughs> yeah. Very, very annoying. The, you know, like I said, there's a lot of things we could harp on for this game that just <laughs> oh, yeah. aren't great. But I just had a lot of fun. Hey, it's, so, it's better than Evolve. It's sorry for Evolve fans. It's better than Friday the 13th. Sorry to Friday the 13th fans. It's better than Day Dead by Daylights. Sorry to the people who like a boring game where you activate janitors. Janitors. Gen generators. <laughs> <I'll keep. laughs> sorry to those people. Um, yeah, I, I think so far, for me, it's been the best. Um, I, and I haven't played the um, The Hunt yet. Which is mm -hmm. a game I do want to play, right? Um, but I haven't played that yet. But so far, this is my favorite um, type of this uh, genre of games. So uh, I talked about it while you were <laughs> taking care of your child. I have to buy him uh, a helicopter now. By the way, he said, <laughs> "Excellent." Um, what do you if, have you looked at the how this game is scoring? Oh no, I haven't. I came in at the tail end of you talking about it. Right. If you had to guess, what do you think the Metacritic score is? Oh, oh man, I seventy-seven. And 55. I'm shooting high. That's 55. 55. That's but the insane. user score, yeah, the user score is a seven, though, which I think is pretty accurate. Yeah, that's good. That's a solid you know, score. I, yeah, I think this game is a solid seven. I, and I think that's kind of what har is hard about quote unquote objectively reviewing games is that from a technical standpoint, this game has issues. No doubts about it. You, you 
I agree 110% with, like I said, most of the criticisms that are levied in most of the reviews that are out there. I just had fun. And maybe it's because I was playing with people I enjoy hanging out with and playing games with. Uh, but even then, I still think that says something. So I had fun with Predator Hunting Grounds. It sounds like Josh did as well. Do you have anything else about the game you want to say? Uh, well, I was fortunate enough to get this through GameShare. So um, I don't want to speak too much on the price point. But I feel like uh, for this, this could have been a $60 game. It's a $40 game. And I think that's a great entry point. Mm-hmm. Um. This is probably not one of those games to wait for a sale because you want the highest amount of users to enjoy this right. game. And and that's just speculation. I mean, maybe the users will jump if it jumps on Game Pass or PS Now or or something in the future or goes on sale for 20 bucks. But I really think um, I've had a blast playing it. I really enjoyed playing with you and Kevin and you, just the two of us. Even that is fine because... For anyone uh, worried about like uh, communication, there is a, a, a mediocre ping system as well, so mm-hmm. you don't really have to focus too much on maybe the toxic gaming chat community. So you can kind of ignore that and just stick with your party chat. Right. Uh, we definitely had some hiccups with players, but uh, yeah. I, th- I think we only had one bad player in mm-hmm. all of the games we played. Yeah. So, yeah, I see myself playing this whenever people want to play it. This is not a game I'm going to, like, kind of, like, like an anthem. I was like, eh, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, like, if someone was like, hey, let's play Predator, I'm all on board. Let's do it, as long as I have the time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 very good for a game that isn't great. Does yeah, that make sense? That, that's, a great, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah, you know, that's why, like I say, it's more fun than it is good. But oh. I will say there are a couple things that I really appreciate about the game. <laughs> Number one, I think <laughs> best episode of Lord of the Rings. The helicopter. I'll be right back while you close. Yeah, no problem. So, a couple things to say: the sound design in this game is actually very good. Uh, you hear the Predator typically before you ever see the Predator. And immediately, even if you're not in party chat with people, once you start hearing him, you see all of the other characters turn and look up. Everyone is looking into the trees. Everyone is looking to see if they can, you know, see where the Predator is, pinging him if they see him, shooting in his direction to try to, you know, attract uh, everyone else in the party to see what is happening there. So I think the sound design is very good that way. Uh, the other thing that is... I don't want to say really well done, but overall, the balance is pretty solid. Good predators definitely increase the tension, but you have to stay together as a group. If somebody lollygags or goes off on their own or tries to be the hero and do things by themselves, they're going to lose. They are going to lose to the predator. So if the predator has found your group and someone falls behind or decides to go off on their own, they're probably going to die. You know, if the predator, if you face a predator one-on-one, there's a good chance it's going to end poorly for you. Even two-on-one, there's a good chance the predator is going to take you both out. Three-on-one, four-on-one, that's when it starts to get pretty even. But even a good predator can jump in, take a person out, and jump out while the whole group is there. And then it's about rezzing that person, potentially trying to get reinforcements to get them back in. So overall, the balance is pretty good. I I think that... We did get absolutely destroyed one time by a very good predator, which, you know, people don't have a ton of time to learn yet. But overall, kills. yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. 
Uh, but overall, I, I think that it was. I'm going to say it was a PC hacker. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but overall, sound like a Call of Duty guy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, imagine that. Uh, overall, the balance was pretty good, and yeah, I think the sound design very, very good. Really adds that sense of dread. And yeah, you do have to stick together. If you wander off on your own, there's a good chance that you are going to be picked off. Um, so staying together as a group is very important. Any final words? <laughs> This time, maybe, about Predator. <laughs> no, but I just noticed that my son's bloody band-aid on my leg. <laughs> so, <laughs> later on tonight, I'll be fixing that. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Josh, what is your second topic of the evening? My second topic is, I'm going to open it again, and we're all, I'm going to read this as long as NBCNews.com lets me, before they ask for my personal information again. Um, so, this is from NBC News. They ran with the story, which says a lot about this specific game. Now, the title uh, is A Mid-Quarantine, Thousands Are Escaping to Tropical Islands Via Animal Crossing. Uh, And, well, I don't need to read the whole story. Basically, their consensus, because I don't want to plagiarize, (laughs) is um, they said Animal Crossing's New Horizon uh, is now a coping mechanism for COVID-19. Uh, so I thought we would talk about that just a little bit. Um, now, I know I know you're not playing it. I don't know if you know people who are playing it, but I can tell you this. My wife, my wife, and me, who have been separated for... <laughs> you might want to explain. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> who are living together or are still married, but we are physically separated because she had to get tested for COVID-19. So it's been since last Wednesday. I haven't, while I have seen her physically, get up to use the bathroom. <laughs> I have not hugged, kissed, touched my wife in any sort. She hasn't been able to hug her son, uh, leave the bedroom. She's been in her bedroom the whole time, or in my bedroom, which I'm sleeping on the couch now, <laughs> which also sounds like we separated. Uh <laughs> She is, we've both been actively playing Animal Crossing, and, and this is something that, if anything, this game is an incredible distraction tool. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've played any game that's like this. I know there are games that are out there that are like this, but I haven't played them. I'm going to assume equal comparisons would be Stardew Valley. Yeah, which is um, mentioned in the article. And maybe Graveyard Keeper, which is basically Stardew Valley. Um. And would you argue Minecraft? I think Minecraft. I think The Sims would probably the fit Sims. in it too. But Minecraft to a degree if you wanted to, for sure. But we're living in this time now where it seems like everyone in the world is playing Animal Crossing. Yeah. And not and it and, and it's not just normal normies like us. It's celebrities right. who are also like popularizing this game h- hardcore. We have mm-hmm. um People like Brie Larson and Elijah Wood, we just talked about on PSVG Prime, um, actively promoting and playing. And there, I can say for me, there's a zenness to it. Whether you believe in Zen or not, which I don't, but like the uh, the thought of the calmingness, like that this game provides while you're literally chopping down trees or uh, picking fruit to sell it, so you can enhance your island more right or the the um, the incredible amount of customization once you unlock it where you can just terraform your island to however you want it to look i spent 
the two hours my son napped today just terraforming my island because I just had nothing. Like, I didn't want to sit down and play a, a chunkier video game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess my answer to their question is, yes, it is a coping mechanism. Also, because people are visiting each other on their islands. Uh, I just found out yesterday, Animal Talking is a TV, like, is an interview show um, that they, like, Felicia Day tweeted about it because they did the first episode on YouTube, and they literally built a talk show set inside some guy's Animal Crossing house, and he interviewed Naomi Kyle yesterday, mm-hmm. formerly of IGN, I want to say, is IGN? Yes. Yep, she's a great um, judge, Jen. And Felicia Day is like, I want to be a guest. And he already has like guests lined up. He has a monologue spot in his studio and a chair and a desk. And it's just, he invites the person to their island. And then they just record like a Skype interview while they're there. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild what's going on. Um, and I'm curious if that will overflow into other video games. This just kind of seems like the thing now. But. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So maybe you can't speak to Animal Crossing, but do you think, well, one, do you think Animal Crossing is being used as a coping mechanism? And two, if not, is there a game or games that you think can be used for that? I mean, I think it very clearly is, right? And not to say that Animal Crossing wouldn't have been wildly popular anyway, but I do think that in this day, in this age, and everything that's going on, I think that has helped Animal Crossing become in the zeitgeist as much as it has right it has it was always a popular series but it has now started to transcend it is getting to the Fortnite, to the minecraft to those levels of people in pop culture just are going to start knowing who tom nook is and bells and turnips and all of this stuff even as someone who doesn't play it i know these things because i see them everywhere my twitter feed and my social media feeds are basically all Animal Crossing. That's yeah. it. That's all anyone is talking about, which is great. I'm glad people love it. Just not a game I'm super interested in. But I'm really glad that it's working for some people. The thing I am falling back into is JRPGs. That's like the thing it's right such now. such a weird... <laughs> I know, right? It's so odd. But that's the thing that I've started playing Trials of Mana. I'm probably like five or six hours in, and I am loving it. I am just absolutely adoring this game. It is, I'm so ready for it. I'm having so much fun. It is a 16-bit game that got updated for today as far as graphics and gameplay go, but boy, did they not update that script one bit. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I think everyone, oh man, I've been saying like a lot tonight. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are just looking for the thing to help them Bring, like you said, ha- bring some peace to their life. Have some, I don't want to say normalcy, but some regular sense of routine to their days. And I think games like Animal Crossing help bring that. Even though we're at home all day and, and for a lot of people and that has now become kind of the new norm, it's still so different and so unique. It's hard to escape when you're always in the same place. But yeah. by playing something like Animal Crossing or The Sims or you know, Stardew Valley, you can escape. That's a way for you to escape when you're always in the same space, literally. Uh, So I think it's great. I'm really glad people are enjoying it. I think, you know, Nintendo had a game they knew was going to be a hit, but obviously is, I I think, a little bit right time, right place has boosted it slightly, but I think no matter what, it was going to be super successful. It's selling them out of consoles. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I mean, most people are selling out of consoles, but still, like, the Animal Crossing need is there. Uh, Do you think 
Final Fantasy VII Remake got you back on that JRPG wagon, or do you think it's just a coincidence? I think it did. Absolutely yeah. did. When I was done playing Final Fantasy VII, I immediately wanted to play more JRPGs. Well, I was and super psyched when I saw you got Final Fantasy X and ten two because yep. uh, I also felt that same need to revisit Final Fantasy. Yeah, so I got those because the big Japan sale is going on right now. Uh, so I was going to jump into that, but I said, hey, you know what? Trials of Man is out. I'll get. I'll play that first. Uh, and then I'll go back and play Final Fantasy X uh, because it probably now was until, for me at least, mid-June it's sounding like until I'm going to have another <laughs> quote-unquote real game. And I don't say real, new game that I'm going to want to play. Uh, so it's probably going to be mid-June. So I feel like this gives me plenty of time to get Trials of Mana and then Final Fantasy X taken care of. So Nice. I got Gears Tactics to look forward to tonight. I'm very excited about that. I'm glad you're excited. <laughs> I though, just not. I'm sure it's great, just not my type of game. Yeah, no, so. I hear you. Awesome. Cool. Well, Josh, let's move on and talk about a game that we both are interested in big time. Uh, some news has come out. 21. That's <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, some news has kind of been circulating that Horizon Zero Dawn 2 has become a PS5 exclusive. Shocking to no one. There were some reports that it was originally meant to be a PS4 game, but now has moved to PS5. And new reports are describing it as quote unquote gigantic. Uh, this is coming from Games Radar. Alex Avard posted this story three days ago from when we're recording. It says new reports suggest Gorilla wants to release a standalone co-op game before Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Uh, we'll see. That, that's kind of up in the air based off things. But um, per the article, it's saying that a new article from VGC citing multiple sources close to Sony states that Horizon Zero Dawn 2, or whatever it's ended up going to be called, was originally targeted for a PS4 release, but development at Gorilla has now shifted entirely to focus on bringing it to PlayStation's next gen, the PS5, which is due to release this holiday. VGC describes the project as, quote, gigantic in scope with a larger game world and more freedom to explore it than its predecessor, while also suggesting an ambitious co-op feature is also set to be included as part of the package. So, Josh, lots of things thrown around about this. Lots of things that folks have talked about wanting to see in Horizon Zero Dawn 2. We had a really lengthy conversation in the Discord about Horizon Zero Dawn 2 being bigger, significantly bigger than the first one. That's kind of what the reports are saying. That everything is more in depth. That there's just more of everything. Yes. Do you want a bigger Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn 2? Do you want the experience to be physically literally a larger experience what are your thoughts on all of this do you think when they were talking about the uh standalone co-op game it was for horizon you know that's what i don't know I, there like i said this says this report or this news story says that you know there's potentially looking at doing a standalone co-op game some of the people say if you read some of the stories out there say that co-op is going to be part of horizon zero dawn 2 I think there's a lot of different ways you could go. That was a big discussion we had is, do we want co-op in Horizon Zero Dawn 2? Is that something you would want to see? If I'm being honest, I don't want it. Um, mm -hmm. But I can't stop that. <laughs> he he thinks that's funny. This is going to be a long night. Uh, see, every all the listeners, your wives are very important. And when they can't help you record a podcast, <laughs> your sons become that uh they've got guests <laughs> so for like obviously i love all things horizon zero dawn a bigger like a like a huge map yeah, as long as they fill it with stuff that supports the story i'm super happy i'm super happy with it 
right? So like, right. I'm happy to do that. This is what's going to happen. I'm just going to let him wreak havoc and see what happens okay. while we record. Uh, he's going, the monitor's going, life is insane. Uh, so, yeah, I want more Horizon, of of course. If they give me a 120-hour story, oh my god, that would be the best thing ever. I'm not in a rush to finish the game. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I want to experience the whole thing. My worry that I didn't want to just, like, necessarily just spout out on Discord is, um, I don't want forced co-op. Right. And, like, Dead Space 3 is the is the, is a great example right. of why, why that bugged me. Because mm-hmm. it just, it changed the tone of the game. Yep. And, I mean, you could argue Dead Space 3 is not a bad game, but it's not Dead Space to me. Right. Because it removes the solitary horror aspect. Right. And that's what I crave. Like, her, like one of the things that did come up in Discord, Horizon to me is a solitary game, mm-hmm. and you get invested in your character. Right. You're not doing. It's not like Metal Gear where you're all of a sudden Raiden and and you're not Solid Snake anymore. And then maybe you can be both. Like you're Aloy. That's your what you're doing. Who, who now I'm playing co-op and I don't get to be Aloy. I got to be Shmeloy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not feeling very creative at the moment. He's literally spinning the record player right now, so I'm going to have to buy a new needle (laughs) tomorrow. Uh, I just, uh, which I should probably have that unplugged. That's on me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't think I need a a co-op. I'm happy with an open world, a bigger world, as long as it makes sense. Right. What if co-op isn't the campaign? That's cool. If they do a standalone co-op game, I'm 100% on board because right. that's its own experience. We can mm-hmm. play a co-op standalone Horizon. I'm in. Let's schedule days and let's play. Right. Uh, that's cool. I like that idea way better than incorporating it into the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even want to speak over him. Is that a race car? Yeah, we have unopened race car that oh. keeps asking about. Gotcha. Uh, okay, well, I hate to keep doing this to you, Kyle, because it's hard to talk to nobody, but I'm going to let you talk about what you think. I'm going to enjoy listening back to this podcast so I can hear your opinions. That sounds great. <laughs> so I am excited for Horizon Zero Dawn 2, and I'm kind of excited for whatever they do with it, because we talk all the time about not wanting the same things in games. But then as soon as a company or a studio tries to innovate, we suddenly get upset and say, well, that's not, you know, my XYZ game. And it's like, we can't have both ways, right? If we want them to innovate, we need them to be willing to take risks and be okay with that. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't critique it or say that didn't work or that we didn't like something. Like, that's totally okay to have that opinion after the fact. And I do agree that for me, Horizon is a solo player experience. You are Aloy. You're experiencing Aloy's story. So I would prefer on the surface that the story aspects of Horizon Zero Dawn 2 are a single player experience. However, I'm a big fan of the idea, especially if this world is so big, is of having some sort of end game that you finish Horizon Zero Dawn 2 and when you're done, you are able to become... Not Aloy, but just another character in the Horizon world. And that you build up your stats and you do all these things and you go on big dino hunts like you would Monster Hunter style. And you 
take down these huge dinos with your friends, come back to camp, break down the dinos, take their parts, upgrade your weapons, upgrade your camp. Maybe you opt into something where you can raid the camps of other players uh, and that yours can be raided in return if you opt into this. I think there's some really cool things that they could do in this world that don't revolve around Aloy, but I would like still for the main story to revolve around being Aloy and Aloy's adventure and understanding all of that. But, you know, they surprised me with what Horizon Zero Dawn was compared to their previous work. So I'm willing to give Gorilla the the benefit of the doubt and saying, give it a shot. Uh, Same. We'll, we'll see what happens. Do you think, Josh, this is kind of the other big part of the rumor that's out there. You know, everyone is saying that, not everyone, rumors are pointing and people are suggesting that probably around May 5th is when we're getting the Xbox games reveal for next gen, right? Yeah, and that's, that is the rumor, right? That is the rumor. Is that around that May 5th, or at least sometime in May, yeah. probably early-ish May. And most people are saying that Xbox is going to bring it. It's not just going to be the games that are going to be available around the launch of Xbox Series X. It is going to be, we bought all these studios. Here's what they're doing. <laughs> Here's what you can look forward to. Yeah. Balls in your court. What do you think the chances are that Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is a launch game for the PlayStation 5? I hope so. Honestly, I'm I'm still on the fence on if I'm even getting a next-gen uh, on release. Mm-hmm. Based on where we're at right now, um, I'm just going to intermittently tell my son to lay down. <laughs> I did close the door, so he can just wreak havoc in the house <laughs> on his own. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, but um, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't want them to rush it. You know, like right. I'm on the, cam- I'm in the camp where I, I'll wait a year after the PS5 comes out to buy it. Like I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Xbox really needs to show up. Because PlayStation has the best exclusives, narratively at least, depending yeah. on your opinion. But um, like when I played through Final Fantasy, and the the kid I was working with was watching me, mm-hmm. he's like, "Man, I gotta get a PlayStation. I can play Spider Man." I was like, "Yeah, and you can play Days Gone, and you can play Horizon Zero Dawn, and you can play God of War, and you can like, and you can play, and you can play." And he's like, oh, and I was like, yeah, and you're just playing Warzone on Xbox. Like, <laughs> and that's all that he plays, Call of Duty. Yeah. So that's a lot of people, though. Yeah, and it's fine. It's 100% fine. But like, someone who's interested, he did play Star Wars. So, someone who's interested in narrative games, mm-hmm. I mean, PlayStation is still the way to go. And, and Xbox really needs to, I know this is not a story about Xbox, but they really need to do that. They need to get narrative games out. Yeah. However, that being said, if Horizon Zero Dawn is a day and date PS5, awesome. I'm that's the console I'm getting, and I will get it at launch. If it comes out like later, then that's what I'll get. I'll get my PS5. I'm not like I'm not down on the PS4 Pro. I still got my PSVR. I have so many games I had to play. Right. I almost bought Rick and Morty because it's on sale, and I kept mm-hmm. looking at it, and I'm like, no, I still have so many more games to play. I know that's always the hard part. <clears throat> so I didn't I didn't jump on it, but. Um, at least on my PlayStation, I'm not feeling any real lack of games that I need to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe that might create more of me needing an Xbox <clears throat> more. But they're also not pumping out any new games necessarily. I'll have to wait until May to find that out. Yeah, and I think you know, with Xbox, I think similar to PlayStation, it'll be the Xbox event. I think is going to be, hey, here are the games coming at 
launch and obviously Halo being the title. Yeah. So I don't know that Xbox is going to launch much else right around there, right? They probably don't need to if Halo hits launch, right? I don't think they can anyways because they said that they're not Series X exclusives. Right. So, so like, why? <laughs> why do that? Yeah, <laughs> why that's do true. That? <laughs> but I do think that, you know, we're going to see – I do think we're going to see a ton from Xbox of what we're going to see. Kind of what PlayStation did at the start of the PS4 era of like, here's what you're going to see over the next three to four years. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's going to be a lot of what we're going to get from Xbox. And that worked for PlayStation, right? It got the hype going. So people bought PlayStations to future proof in a sense of, hey, I know this game isn't coming today, but when it comes, I'm ready. And it's like, well, you could just buy that when it came and it'd probably be less expensive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm going to be playing Horizon Zero Dawn on PC again before I even play because mm-hmm. I have a, I have a new PC coming this week. So um, <laughs> I'll be playing it um, on PC and I'm actually really looking forward to the mods that happen with this game. <laughs> yeah, that'd be very uh, interesting. But yeah, so... What do I ideally want? I want the game to come out when it's done, and I want a custom PS5 Horizon Ooh, Zero Dawn. That would be cool. Yeah, That would be the one reason that would be a downfall for it releasing on launch, because you're probably not going to get a you custom. You won't get it. Yeah. yeah, because they just can barely get out enough to probably, you know, everything's pointing to restrictions or, or having it tough to come by. But Yeah, and we're going yeah. to have a really weird um post launch console availability year with with this covid stuff so uh it's gonna be we might not even see another round of consoles for a year after they released it'll definitely be interesting uh do you want me to give you a spoiler on a playstation game that's going to be coming yeah uh polyphony digital's next game is going to be a gran turismo just like ah what a spoiler Didn't they? Is that a spoiler? Is that? Is am that... I? I'm thought I'm still waiting on their last Gran Turismo game. That's, oh wow! That's a burn with that spoiler. That is a burn <laughs> with that spoiler. Though Gran Turismo Sport, people really like it. Yeah, so. it's a, for a half a game. It's probably really good, from what I hear. <laughs> what are you even talking about? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> that's now just, you're just that's, making stuff up. That's just the internet. No, the internet was like they released Gran Turismo Sport because they didn't finish the game, so they just cut it in half. You didn't read that. I mean, I did, but, yeah, that, that's you know. Me self-medicating. <laughs> <laughs> I did read it, but you know how much credence I give the internet that much. I know. Well, I'm here to speak on behalf of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the, probably the one person who doesn't need you to speak on their no. behalf. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> All right. Jo- oh, gosh. Okay. Josh, what is your next story? What happened? I'm curious. Okay. So I clicked on the link you had in it, and yeah. the first thing that came up was a screenshot from the last of us 2 oh no so i totally thought it was going to be a spoiler or something so i closed it really quick <laughs> and then i opened the link again because i was like oh maybe jo- maybe it was just something odd but it was just that was my trick i posted a link <laughs> to the reddit spoilers page <laughs> so no but it was just GameSpot having a funky yeah. like other story <laughs> slotted in their story anyway my grand finale i post a link to a spoiler page <laughs> uh my last story uh so, before today, we only we only knew that 2K's WWE 2K20 was terribly buggy, a mess. Yeah. I have it on PC now because I got that 2K bundle. So I'll I'll make sure to try to do some screen captures of me trying the game. Um, <laughs> and then they told us we weren't we wouldn't be getting a proper uh, 
or canon a 2K, uh, WWE 2K21 game this year. Right. Um, just like all the other sports games, sports, I use that loosely. Uh, they do the extra year, so the year in advance. But as of today, Monday, uh, we now know what we're getting, and it looks, well, bad. I didn't put a question mark in my comment, but I wanted to put a question mark. So I'm just going to give you my hot take. I don't need to read a press release. Mm-hmm. The game is called Battlegrounds, WWE mm-hmm. 2K Battlegrounds, Fallout 2020. Uh, Fallout, Fallout 2020. Um, they, are, they have decided in 2K's Infinite Wisdom to use the NBA Playgrounds system for yep. a wrestling game. Uh, the start of the teaser immediately makes you think you can uppercut John Cena into a alligator. Uh, so maybe there's fatalities. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's using the same um, almost chibi cartoon art for the characters that they use in right. NBA Playgrounds. Mm-hmm. Based on my experience with NBA Playgrounds and NBA Playgrounds 2, I personally think... This is terrible. However, I have not played a WWE game that I enjoyed since SmackDown on the PS2. Okay. And before that, uh, WrestleMania 2000 on the N64. (laughs) Excellent. So for me, they've been hit and miss for sure. Before that, WrestleMania, the arcade game. Uh, I definitely am curious to see what happens with this. Uh, however, my worry is w- what's going on in the development of these games because they put out 2K20, a $60, full $60 game, not including DLC or paid uh, outfits and stuff. And we talk about like Assassin's Creed being buggy. Mm-hmm. This like took it to the next level. Some would say it was unplayable at certain times. So now they say, okay, well, Something clearly went wrong. Right. We're not going to develop the same type of game. So what do we do? And how long in the production, how long in development could this game be? Was this always planned? These are just like those questions I have. Was this they always planned on doing this arcade style? Did someone panic and they said, we just copy paste it onto NBA Playgrounds. And then someone else was like, are you crazy? (laughs) Someone else was like, that's so crazy. It's genius. So I don't know like where it all is coming from. I'm just I'm just very skeptical about it. The fact that they had to give us a free game because we bought NBA Playgrounds just mm-hmm. to make up for how bad it was makes me worry also. So I don't know. Where do you stand <laughs> on this? Well, I was trying to remember what the last wrestling game I owned was. And I'm pretty positive that the last wrestling game I owned was actually pro wrestling on the NES. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> um, Are you talking about most recently bought or last played? <laughs> both. Oh my, oh, my. I mean, I have played the UFC games. Okay. So, But those, are, you know, I don't think are quite the same. No. Uh, but, yeah, so I think that's the last wrestling game I have owned or really played I don't even remember picking one up anytime since then, even just for fun for one time. That doesn't mean I didn't. I can't remember doing that, though. Yeah. So it's been a long time since I played a wrestling game, mostly because I stopped watching wrestling when I was like 10 or something. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't watched wrestling in a long time. 
as a result of that. But <laughs> part of me is very intrigued by this, right? Because we like arcade games. We always talk about wanting another NFL Blitz, Ooh. right? <laughs> Who does that? People people <laughs> want those games. NFL Blitz, NBA Jam, uh, the one NHL one that I can't remember. There's uh, the FIFA hits. Street one. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, I, I do like the EA big games. Yeah. FIFA Street, yeah. NFL Street. Right. Sure. People yeah. like those games. And yes. maybe this is the, the attempt at getting towards that. I, I do think that this game was an, was an inevitability once they picked up the NBA. Uh, once they picked up the developers of, y, of NBA Battle Playgrounds. Yeah, I mean, playgrounds. Thank you. I was looking. I keep looking at battlegrounds on my yeah, screen. I don't want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Once they picked them up, I did. I do think something like this was inevitable that they would move this direction with the wrestling properties and other properties to create games like that. It, it makes sense that they would do it, and it sounds like you know they want to go back and give the sim style game more time in the oven, if you would. That they have hired someone specifically to come in and try to fix these games. It says in the article here that. The publisher also confirmed that it has hired gaming industry veteran Patrick Gilmore to head up the next the new WWE 2K simulation game for Visual Concepts. Gilmore comes to Visual Concepts from Amazon, where he was studio head for the company's office in Orange County that is working on the MMO New World and the Lord of the Rings MMO. Hmm. So they're bringing people in to try to fix these other games. I will say I am more likely to play this game <laughs> than I am the yeah. Sim game. I hear you. That makes and maybe sense. That, yeah, and maybe that I don't know if that's what they're going for, but I haven't watched the trailer. I've only looked at the pictures. I mm. can't decide if I think the heads are too big or too small. They're weirdly sized. They're weirdly <laughs> sized. Wait till you watch the trailer. You got to watch the trailer and look at what they did with the women's bodies. Yeah, I've heard that they're very it's odd. It's insane. It's so bizarre. I mean, you're right. It could be good. Honestly, I don't want to sell it too short. I just, my our initial impressions are it looks terrible but you're right it, it could turn into be a very fun like ready to rumble is still one of my favorite boxing games right and that is in a world where fight night exists and is pretty much a flawless boxing game right uh but it's still fun they make it fun enough so i mean i could definitely see the potential um but uh that that name it's it just it will always remind me of of playgrounds and i've right have some of the worst memories of wanting an NBA Jam game and getting and getting playgrounds. Right. Well, even though what's the Super Mega Baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. Super Mega Baseball is super popular, more of an arcade baseball game that people, obviously, there's the show, which is super sim. They do a great job every year. There's RBI Baseball, which Major League Baseball tried to make good and is floundering. But Super Mega Baseball is great. You know, and maybe this is the super mega baseball to the the sim wrestling game. I don't know. Hopefully, it's really good. Yeah. But, yeah, it is interesting. I I don't know how many people expected this when they said, hey, there's no sim game this <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think anyone expected this. <laughs> but then you're going to get this game instead. Obviously, if you want to, you know, PSVG does have their strong style podcast. So if you want to hear more from people who know a lot about wrestling, talk about this, I would definitely recommend you give them a listen about it. Josh, any other thoughts on WWE 2K Battlegrounds? I'm trying to stay positive. I hope it's good. I do hope it's good. <laughs> I agree. I, I hope it's good. All right. So my last topic, Josh, is something I think we maybe have touched on briefly in the past. But I figured good time to have an in-depth discussion on this on our Discord for PSVG, which I encourage you all to join. 
we had an interesting conversation where Josh had posted there is currently a game on Kickstarter, has 18 days to go by the time of this recording, called Final Girl. It is a solo board game that is basically putting you into all the horror movie tropes. But how this game is set up is that there is a core box that you buy. And then along with that, you have to purchase what they're calling feature films. So the core box gives you most of the pieces that you need to run the game system as a whole, but you need the feature films to fill in the rest of the pieces to actually have the quote unquote final girls and the killers and the locations and all of those things are part of these feature films. And there's multiple different feature films that you can buy right now for the Kickstarter. There's four. So the conversation we had, there's a number of horror fans on the PSVG Discord. Josh was like, hey, horror people, you should check this out. And then the conversation started of, is this a full game? If you buy just the core box and maybe one of the feature films, are you getting everything? Is that a complete experience? <laughs> Since it's a physical thing, in order to have the quote-unquote full game, do you have to buy all of them? Josh, what's your thought on this for games like this? Because we've seen mechanisms similar to this in board games before, things like time stories, right? Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts? Do you have to buy everything here? It's funny. I think this is something we talk about often with Kickstarter specifically. <clears throat> I did want to mention, because I know um, uh, I, I also realized a little late that there's a They Live board game on Kickstarter right now, too, that's ending soon, which is another great horror film um and there's a bunch of uh, weird dlc like add-ons for it i call it dlc so i guess i'm kind of leaning one way to the other <laughs> um this is something that's always been a, a problem for me with kickstarters right we've talked about this with um marvel united and pretty much any simon kickstarter um and as well as monolith kickstarters uh and games like Pacific Rim, mm -hmm. um, Batman, Gotham Chronicles, all these games. You you can buy the game, right? If we're going to try to compare it to like DLC and video games, let's say, let's use the Final Girl, right, as an example, versus Control. So I'm going to I'm gonna pause you really quick right yeah, there. Yeah. So the thing I didn't say is the big question is, the debate we got into on, on the Discord was, is this any different than buying DLC for a video okay, game? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I hadn't said that. So we look at all these different things, and you know, you have all these different options. Is this any different when it comes to buying board games and expansions? Is that different than buying DLC for a video game? I think there's a there's a small difference, at least in the Kickstarter aspect, is is because it's mostly laid out for you. Like there's a map that you can see, right, and you know what you're getting. Um, and with video games, it's a promise of future content, which sometimes doesn't even come to fruition, but that's also the same for Kickstarters. Um, but in, in this instance, I think the difference in the board game part is you can choose which DLC you want. Right. It's not like buying a season pass. So like people who are mad at expeditions on control because mm -hmm. they didn't want just that. They just wanted the foundation. Well, boom, a Kickstarter board game lets you choose what you want to play. So maybe with using the final girls or the final girl, maybe there is a scenario you have no interest in. You don't have to buy it. Right. However, 
I am of the opinion when you buy a game, you want the whole thing. And while this could be considered DLC or add-on content, I really do think, as even as a collector, that I'm not getting the full game unless I fully pledge the game. And that's challenging to me every time I back a Kickstarter right. that offers, even like Foundations of Rome, I only got the solo mode because I wanted everything because I was paying so much. Right. Why pay so much and not get everything? So I had a hard time with that. Uh, but when it was all said and done, I just, I, I, th- when I think if you're looking at a Kickstarter and you want the full game, you, you have to uh, understand you're going to pay more than what they list as the base game. You just, you have to do that. But if you're okay with playing the game as it is, I still don't think you're losing that experience of the, the, the game. And a lot of Kickstarters, you you can find the expansions in the future, unless it says like exclusive to Kickstarter. Right. So then you just maybe have to shell out some more money. You may have to pay 5 or $10 more for that expansion than you would have on the Kickstarter. Because mm-hmm. typically... Kickstarter is really just giving you a discount on their right. game. Uh, you're not really getting too many other perks, uh, with you know, with some exceptions. Um, but yeah, if that convoluted answer made any sense to you, that's my answer. <laughs> what What's your opinion on the matter? So this is where my mind i I don't always have a really good answer for this because part of me says, "Hey, it's really nice that for this game, which by the way." For this Kickstarter, for Final Girl, the game and the develop and the designer, excuse me, are really well known for making exceptionally good solo games. So if this is something that you're interested in, I would encourage you to check it out. Number one, Just something yes. to get out of the way right now. This is not everything. If I was interested in, I'm not a big horror person, so I'm not super interested in this, but. Um, AJ Porfirio, who is a designer, and Van Ryder Games, who is the per- the company that is doing this, have done amazing games in the past. Very well known for their Kickstarter work, all of that good stuff. So check it out if you're interested. Some cool stuff. Part of me says this is awesome that for $35 you can get in and see whether or not you like this game and this mech- and this style and the way this game is going to work. And an Which is way- What's that? And it comes with an expansion. Right. So for 35 bucks, you can get in. <clears throat> yeah. Get the core box and one of the feature films. Yeah. Rather than saying you, the only way you can get in is $90. Which is, yeah. <laughs> you know, which I think is a, a nice thing, especially for a game like this. Because this, to me, feels different. And maybe it shouldn't. And maybe this makes me a hypocrite. This feels different than, we'll use as an example right now, Ankh, Gods of Egypt. Yeah. Which... When it went to Kickstarter, was a hundred dollars to get the base game, and now <laughs> I, don't, I can't even you, a two forty. I can't even no, imagine. You, no, 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 it's not that bad. Have you looked at the stuff on Ankh lately? No, because I knew it was going to happen, so I just, I just didn't want to be tempted. <laughs> yeah. So as in true Simon style, they have added optional buys of the Pantheon expansion for fifty dollars, mm. the Guardian set for thirty five dollars, a thirty dollar playmat that is a kickstarter exclusive and a 25 dollars art book that is a kickstarter exclusive to me for whatever reason and maybe i'm wrong buying a game like onk and not buying the two expansions that are there feels different 
than buying a game like Final Girl and not the other parts. Does that make yeah. sense? I think yeah, I think I think you're right because at least you get a full experience with Final Girl. Right. And I I do feel like you would feel like you're missing out on the onk thing. Right. So that to me makes it a little bit different because for like time stories, if you just bought the base game or the base game in one expansion, you could have a complete experience in just that thing. Uh, there's not necessarily really mechanisms that are missing. There's not any of those things that really are not present, right? Whereas when you buy a game that is complete, the expansions almost invariably add new mechanisms, add new stuff to the game that you can't experience in just what the base game is. And I think for me, that's what the difference is. Video game DLC, I tend to buy the DLC for games I like a lot, but I don't buy it for every game because if I thought the game was fine, I'm like, oh, that's fine. I don't need to get the DLC. I've gotten what I want to out of that experience. But it's just something about board games. <laughs> I see something, especially on Kickstarter, it's so hard for me to not want to back everything. But for Final Girl, I totally would just get like the one presentation if I wanted to, and I would feel fine about that. And I don't, maybe that makes me a complete hypocrite. I don't know. Well, I don't think that makes you a hypocrite at all. In fact, I was on the fence on this one because, well, of the concerns Donnie had and mm -hmm. I'm backing it now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm backing it at the $35 pledge. Yeah. And I mean, if you look though at their backers, I think very clearly most people feel Mostly like we do, because there's the $35 pledge, which has 149 backers. Josh is going to be 150 Boom, there's, 150 on the news. <laughs> there is the $55 pledge, which lets you get two features that has 155 backers. The $89 pledge, which is all of the stuff for the most part, that has 241 backers. And the $99 pledge, which is the same as the $89 pledge, other than you get some miniatures. And that has 1,620 backers. Oh, so nice. clearly, most people think, like Donnie does, and like we do most of the time, that, well, if I'm going to do it, I just got to get all of it. But when I pre-order a video game, unless it's a game I'm really excited about, I never get the complete editions. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's important that I tell you, once I completed my pledge, it says other projects you might like. Good Puppers, a card game about some great dogs who all want to be friends and bury bones in the yard. Uh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so, sixty-six hours to go. It's from it's local. It's from Arlington, Massachusetts. <laughs> they have met their pledge, and it costs fourteen dollars to back it. That's a pretty good price. Anyway, this is the hole that is Kickstarter. <laughs> good look at how cute these puppers are. <laughs> See what happens. We have fans now live hearing what happens with Kickstarter. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> and it's from Asmati Games, who has a good reputation. Yeah, you would you could say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think they do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. I was like, I didn't think that's inappropriate. I thought you were being say. sarcastic. No, I'm being support. And they have a seven dollar pledge that says times are tough. If you really want few puppers but can't do full price for whatever reason, we've created this special level. How nice is that? Yeah, and also new news, Gray Fox Games is publishing a game called Adventures in Neverland on Kickstarter soon. Oh, 
That is interesting. Well, <laughs> now I might be backing a, do- a game about dogs here. Shocker. I know. Imagine that, right? I actually, I actually kickstarted a game literally called Dogs. I remember that game, and I did not, I did not that one. Um, oh my gosh, you can get Walworthy pups for ninety five dollars or more. You get a twelve by sixteen canvas print of the doggo art of your choice. There you go. That Sounds could go great. like on my podcasting wall. That would be nice. <laughs> You're okay. welcome. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners care about me gushing over good puppers. Um, all right. So anyway, anything else you want to say then about DLC versus board game expansions? Are they the same? Are they different? Any final <clears throat> thoughts or words on that, Josh? It's a tough decision, but ultimately, depending on the project, you just need to decide if it's something you're willing to miss out on. You know, you still have to vote with your wallet. Yep. Uh, and uh, I don't have a lot of horror games. So like Final Girl is perfect for my collection. Um, and being solo means that I can try to find time to play it myself. So it seems more likely that I'll get it played. Very and cool. it, the box is really nice. Like it would add a, it'd be a nice addition to my collection. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's really, I, I really enjoy backing and supporting smaller developers who are doing niche things on Kickstarter because it's cool and fun to be part of the, of the Kickstarters that get millions and millions of dollars and being part of the zeitgeist. But sometimes it's just really cool to help someone who you think has designed something good and cool to like help them make their thing become a reality. There's something yeah. neat about that. So, all right. So that is it for all of our topics this week. Unfortunately, we have no listener submitted questions or thoughts this week, which is okay. Uh, but just remember, you can always hit us up at board with VG on Twitter or board with VG on at gmail.com if you want something a little more long form. So with that, we're just going to move right on to a well-rounded life. While we are clearly a gaming podcast who's going to gush about good puppers every once in a while, uh, we <laughs> want to leave you with one recommendation or thing we're currently into that's helping us live a well-balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation for listeners this week? Hey, I'm cheating. I have two. That's okay. Okay. So the first one, I'm just going to throw it out there. I didn't, it just popped on HBO Go if you have it, or HBO Now, or HBO. Stuber with uh, Camille Nanjiani and Dave Id Bautista uh, was a film that really surprised me how funny um, and how much action there is in it. Um, it was very good. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it was a movie I kind of slept on. Like I love Kumail and I love Dave, but like, I just didn't know where this movie was going to go, but I don't, anything I say to you would be a spoiler for the, <laughs> for the comedy hijinks that happen. So it's very good. I, I, I recommend it. Um, also um, in the comedy realm, um, two people I'm a huge fans of, Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley and Ben Schwartz, who you might know from uh, from Parks and Rec. As is, is it um Ral- R- Ralphie Raffio? Whatever, what is his name on that show? Oh, I don't even remember. I've only uh, watched a few episodes of Parks and Rec. Sorry, what's his name? Uh, I didn't. I haven't watched it. I just know it from. He's also the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. He's also been on House of Lies. Uh, he's an incredible improv comedian, and that's what this is. It's on Middleditch and Shorts. It's on Netflix. It is three episodes, each an hour long, of long-form improv. Um, And it's just the two of them on stage taking, uh, having a conversation with one person at the start of the show from the audience Mm -hmm. and um, forming a a complete improvised 
sketch around it, and it's just masterful is the word I would use. Uh, shows why they're so good, and I'm I'm hoping they filmed more, and they're just releasing them as like seasons, mm-hmm. um, because I was just wanting more after the three episodes were over. Um, and if you want more, they're constantly guests on Comedy Bang Bang the podcast. You could probably find those episodes very easily by looking them up. But uh, yeah, Middle Ditch and Schwartz on Netflix and Stuber on HBO. Very cool. Uh, my recommendation is something that is a little older, but finally uh, in a place that I could watch it. Uh, that is the miniseries Waco, which is now on Netflix. It previously came out in 2018, I think, on the Paramount Network. I thought I think, it was. I thought it was new to. I thought it was exclusive to Netflix. So this yeah. is news to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it came out in 2018 on the Paramount Network. I think it may have even won some awards for best miniseries and stuff when it, the uh-huh. year it came out. Yeah, it was pretty well known, uh, but it was very, very hard to watch. Uh, but it's now on Netflix, and obviously it is about the FBI and ATF uh, raid on the Branch Davidian compound near Waco, Texas in 1993, which we talked about, oddly enough, on an episode of Board With Everything. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Uh, but the it has Michael Shannon, Taylor Kitsch is in it, uh, Paul Sparks, who I'm a big fan of. I don't think most people know Paul Sparks by name, but I, I am a really big fan of him as an actor. He is also in House of Cards. Uh, and he was also in Boardwalk Empire, if I recall correctly. So I'm just a big fan of him. He's just very dry, and I, I really like him as an actor. Uh, but the thing that I find interesting about this is this by, and I never know how to say the last name, the Dowdle Brothers. Is that how you say it? <laughs> but they're the ones who did Quarantine and As Above, So Below, oh. uh, No no Escape. So it's by them. They're the ones who were the creators of this series. I know one of them, I think Drew maybe, or maybe both of them are producing and directing the remake of Friday Night Lights, which is coming up here in the future. Uh, so they've done some interesting stuff. Uh, we talk about all the time about how people who do good things often start in horror. And that's kind of where they started. Yeah. So... Uh, I recommend it. It's really good. It's well acted. The writing is very good. A very interesting look. I, you know, I am not quite done with it. It's six episodes. I'm through four, so I have two left to go. But really enjoying my time with it. I think overall, very quality season series. Um, so even though I haven't finished it, I still recommend it. Waco, which is now on Netflix. All right, Josh. Should we wrap this show up? Yeah, I mean, let's do that. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with VG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you're wanting to communicate in the more long form, you can send us an email at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We also try to tag uh, consistently, which I think we do, uh, our stuff with hashtag Board with VG. So feel free to use that hashtag and let us know what you're up to on all your social media. And whatever podcast network you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating, whether those networks are the PSVG, Dice Tower Network, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Please give us a listen and a subscribe. (laughs) I know, I'm winging it. I'm going off script, and this is what happens. I, you don't know, because it sounds normal to you, but I look at Kyle, and I always can tell by how well I'm doing, is if he's laughing, if his head's in his mic, or or what's <laughs> happening. Uh, 
That's okay, though, because we need each other to get through this. <laughs> you can find me on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Uh, my Nintendo Switch code is in the wild. If you want it, tweet at me and I'll send it to you. But my turnips are not selling very high this week, so you probably aren't interested. Kyle, where can people find you? I forgot to mention, Rory Culkin is also in the show, and so is Melissa. I can never say her last name, but the person who plays Supergirl. She's in the show, too. Benoist. Benoist? Is that how you say your name? Uh, Yeah. That sounds good. She's, yeah, she's, she's Canadian. Yes. She's could in the be show, Benoit. too. I think that could Benoist. be French Kevin Canadian Smith Benoist. pronounces it Benoist. Then that's probably right. So she's in the show, too, if that helps. I love solidify her. your decision to see it. Uh, you can find me at all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation, PlayStation Network, <laughs> Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.